And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Welcome and good morning. Thanks for being here. Yeah, just to go over that again with the with the thirty-four trillion dollar debt that we have. If we, because this was one of the suggestions of one of our callers, that if we took all the money from leases. And this is based on the fact of, and again, when I saw the story, National Review says it's what he means. When I saw it, I wasn't sure, but it was like Trump saying we can pay off the national debt with oil money. Mm. It's like, well, no, no, we can't. Um, And uh, the caller said, well, we could if we used, you know, leases, if we took Mm. all the lease money that we had. And so we went to the 2019 figures and roughly a little over $4 billion a year you get from it. And if you include everything else, which would be mining and and based on the percentages that we could see, and it's a rough estimate, roughly around $5 billion. If you used $5 billion a year to try to pay off a $34 trillion debt, even if you stopped interest today, remember now the interest on the debt's near a trillion dollars. Yeah, right. And and so uh, it would take 6,800 years. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. I mean, but no, but I, and that's the thing. And I'm glad. By the like way, said, that was the Paul Ryan I, plan. Remember to pay it down in six thousand eight hundred years. <laughs> well, no, what was his thirty? Thirty. Thirty years. Yeah, Paul. Yeah. Paul Ryan had a plan to pay down the debt in thirty years, and the Democrats absolutely rejected that as being the most radical proposal that would kill old old people. Remember. I believe it was based on that. The where, ad where where Paul Ryan was pushing the old person. Uh, in a wheelchair over the cliff. They had a, a an ad that they put out, and it, it looked a guy that looked a lot like Paul Ryan pushing an elderly person in a wheelchair over a cliff. They want to kill old people and starve children. And that's what you get. Because we have to go back, you know, step out of the forest a minute and look at the entire picture, and it starts with, Political will. As you pointed out, you know, if we were to have to cut 30%. Okay, you're insane. Yeah. You if, you, if you propose that on 
you're going to be called insane. This is what they're going to say to you. You're insane if you want to cut these programs. That would be, by the way, a haircut across the board, 30%. 30? They couldn't do the penny plan. Remember that? Yeah. They couldn't, they can't get to where they slow the rate of growth in spending. Remember that? That was that was another one. And and then Obama on on Medicare. With Obamacare, it was like, yeah, but they come in and actually cut because the Republicans had proposed slowing the rate of growth, you know, in, in some of the plans, and I think part of it was Medicare. But Obamacare come in came in and what was it? How much did they cut uh, long term over uh, from Medicare? Seven hundred yeah, billion. Seven hundred fifty billion. Yeah, they took yeah from yeah as a, as a result of Obamacare yeah. and and the Democrats said nothing. Yeah, and when you look at it now, uh, entitlements I believe is at is or will be in the next year. I was looking at the figure the other day: fifty one percent of the budget. Yeah, entitlements. That's why when they say. You can't touch Social Security or Medicare. You can't change anything on it. You have to. You have no choice. Well, you're going to do it now or you're going to right. do it later. Yeah. Either way, you're going to do it. Right. You either do it, either do it and you say, okay, like if you're looking at your own budget saying, okay, we're going to do something here because the next five years, if we don't do it, we're going to have problems or you're going to have those problems in five years where you have no choice but to cut. Right. Uh, or drastically increase it. And that's why... You know, when when um, when uh, uh, Trump said that, uh, you know, no, absolutely, we don't touch Medicare, Social Security, any entitlements at all. You're going to have to. And uh, he knows it because he had once advocated raising the age to 70. So he knows you can't do it. So, yeah, you're saying you're trying to get elected and you can't say you're going to cut anything. And that's why I did ask the caller, tell me one thing. That now, now, if you look at if you look at the Freedom Caucus, you know they'll tell you what to cut, right? And they'll tell you what has to be right. they'll tell you what has to be uh, uh, done and and what you have to do eventually to uh, entitlements. Was it uh, we read what Larry Kudlow said the other day? What you have to do, uh, what you would have to do to do it. And remember, uh, Bush was on. Remember when Bush said back at what was that? Was that two thousand? It had to be. It was his second term. I think it was his second term, so it would be was where, it two thousand six? Yeah, where he said we need to reform, and he said you know and talked about the the private accounts and you know yeah. what you'd have to do there, and and the Democrats you know came in and said absolutely not, we're not going to do it, and Bush said then fine, tell me what we need to do to save it, and they said nothing. Right. They basically and laughed. And they, they laughed, laughed at him. They laughed at him. He said, okay, then please present your plan, and they laughed. Man, 2006, think about that. I mean, you actually had a little bit of time to work with it. Now, we're doomed. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. 
Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Because because there isn't going to be the political will. It goes back to what Trey Gowdy was saying on Fox News uh, a couple of days ago from New Hampshire. He said, you know, he believes that they'll kick the can, that they'll do some kind of temporary patch with it in 2030 or 2032 or wherever. And then they'll just kick it down the road a couple of years for the next guy to take care of. you got to deal with it. There is no quick patch because that's like putting a Band-Aid, and I know he knows this, it's like putting a Band-Aid on a dam that's broken. You can't do it. It's not going to stop it. And you either make the cuts or the cuts will just, because it will just crash. And when that happens, a 30% haircut across the board is going to look good. We've got some economic questions, so let's let's get to it on the right. economy, budget, things like that. We go to Bobby in Dayton, Ohio. Bobby, welcome. You're on Rod Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, guys. Good morning to you. Thanks for taking my call. I, I don't get it. You know, I'm not a smart guy by no stretch of the imagination, but it, it, it appears to me if a country makes its own money, how can it go into debt anywhere? Like, like it's, I think it should not have to borrow money from China or any other country because you produce your own. And I just don't understand how we should have a shortfall on Medicare, Social Security, or what have you, when the country produces its own money. Cut down trees, we print it. What's right. the problem? Well, well, what, gives, well, what gives it the value? Yeah, though? what gives money value? How, how, how come the United States dollar is worth something but Russia's isn't. Uh, I'm assuming it, because people value the U.S. money more than other. Why do they value it? Because of I our economy. The spending power it has. Because of our economy. Why does it have spend? We're, we're, now we're going yeah, in a right. circle. Why does it have spending power? Why? 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 Why yeah. are? Let, let's put it this way. Why is? Why is Japan, for example, willing? to sell somebody in America a vehicle and get paper dollars for it. U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. Their currency, their currency isn't worth as much as the U.S. No, 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 because you, 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 it doesn't matter what they're they, – they get paper dollars. What do they do with that paper dollar? 
or or whatever the currency is. I mean, I paper, whatever, electronic, whatever. You understand? We use paper because it's easier to figure out. Uh, the dollar has value because of the goods and services produced in the U.S. economy. And so when okay. you, when when you produce when you produce, for example, what really you know the the what really kicked off the the what was the end game in kicking off inflation that you've seen that nobody has liked over the last three years was the Democrat bill where they spent one point nine trillion. But what originally kicked that off was borrowing, excuse me, not borrowing, was printing seven trillion dollars over 30 months in covid in order to, you know, save the banking system, save the economy. And you did not have those goods and services being produced Therefore, the value of the dollar went down. Therefore, all products that you had to buy skyrocketed in price. Really, we should, Bobby, we should only be printing that money when there is an expansion of wealth to represent that amount of wealth. That's what that dollar represents, the amount of wealth, the the productivity of our nation. Um, and so when there is an expansion of that, then, of course, you there. that's the idea. It, when you're printing this money okay. and and then you're sending it out there and it's not in a time where we're expanding the economy, then the value of that dollar goes down, which it did, and you have inflation. Yeah, the Rus- for example, the Russian currency isn't close I to anywhere. The, the Russian currency, they don't produce anything that the world wants. Right. For the most part, you don't see, right. oh, we're getting a ton of stuff from Russia. It doesn't happen, and that's why their currency isn't worth as much. Right. And it's 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 very simple, and it's all figured out in the private market in the in the international currency exchange. And to finish that equation that Gary was talking about, you know, Japan gets the money. Well, where where does that that dollar go? Where does that currency, that U.S. currency, whether it's electronic or paper dollar, where does it go? Eventually, it has to come back to the U.S. They have to, right? Eventually, right. you have to be able to buy a good, a, a goods or services or invest it in something American, right? If you don't do that, then it's not. It's just a piece of paper. It's not worth anything. Right. You're you're. And who would give somebody a car for a piece of paper? You're right. not. You're giving it because you can get that worth back, or you can take it and invest it and make it even. You know, make more money in the United States uh, on it, or even invest it in foreign companies and and make it because the world knows that the American uh, economy is producing goods and services that's what it all comes down to the pay that you get bobby from work that you do that that represents your time your productivity right that's that's what that is about so there so it is like okay bobby is producing this much this is his value and sometimes you go in and renegotiate that value hey i think i'm worth more and that's the idea and all right this is what he is worth in terms of of a producer and so when you talk about the value of the dollar, it's based on the goods and services that we produce as a nation. That's what gives it the value. Printing the dollar, the it's it's paper or technically linen, has no value in and of itself without our economy backing it. And and that's I got you. yeah, and that's why when we say, for example, maybe uh, hope you you can understand. Uh, this part of the economics. That's why we say when we have a system where we're building electric vehicles and the taxpayer is subsidizing to build electric vehicles that cannot make a profit from these co- these companies, can't make a profit even though the taxpayers are subsidizing it. 
So the taxpayers aren't uh, are subsidizing it. The companies can't make uh, money on it. The it's not as an efficient product as the current gasoline models that are out there. Gasoline models are more productive and more efficient. They can do more things. It, it's what people want. And so when you attempt as Biden, we played the audio cut earlier where Biden said, well, this is the new economy. We're creating the new economy. Well, his new economy is the government telling companies what they're going to produce and that the consumer will buy this product, which is not as productive as the product that exists already. The consumer doesn't want it. The vast majority of consumers don't want it. It's too expensive for them. And at the same time, the companies can't make a profit. Well, you're hurting your economy by doing that uh, because mm-hmm. you, you've you got to be able – companies – the whole system runs. I know the left hates this, but the whole system runs on companies making legitimate profits. Not fake yes. profits, but legitimate products. They're selling a goods or service to somebody who is satisfied with that, and they're able to you know negotiate a price. They pay the price, and the company is able to make a legit profit off of that the entire system every charity works on that every road and bridge when biden said you didn't build that or obama said it yeah what did i say oh, yeah, obama said obama that you didn't said, uh, is, yeah. yeah obama yeah. He said you didn't build that we said he's clueless he has no idea how an economy works the private sector funds the profits of the private sector fund everything without they, profits with, there's no there's no tax revenue and without profits, there is no philanthropy. There's no jobs. It's all about the profits. And, you know, uh, the EV thing is similar uh, in one way, at least, to what we went through in the housing crash. Because the government came in and mm-hmm. made all of, all of these uh, rules and regulations, forcing basically the banks to lend to people that were less than qualified. So you put money into yes. the hands of people that essentially organically couldn't afford it, but because of the government regulations and assistance by the government, not really money, but regulations, they were able to go out with a bunch of money on the street, basically shopping in the housing marketplace. Well, investors and house sellers started raising the cost of those house houses and everything else. And investors in Wall Street get a lot of blame for that. But without Fannie and Freddie, those two government-sponsored entities backing all Mm -hmm. of that, none of it would have happened. It comes down to this. You know, if Bobby wants to go to the banker and say, here's where I work, here's how long I've been working, here's here's how much money I make, and here's how much money I got to put down, what kind of house can I afford? And that bank says, we'll lend you this much that's the those are the two parties that matter right there. The government gets involved and it overinflates everything and that's why we had the housing crisis. Thank you. We appreciate it Bobby. Okay. Thank thank you for the call. Yep. We appreciate it. 86690 red eye. This morning's USDA farm report is brought to you by House Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. What was at one time conceived to be impossible now has been proved on this location today. As possible. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack in Soberton, Georgia, Wednesday, attending the opening ceremonies for the Lanza Jet Freedom Pines Fuels Facility, the first such plant in the world that can take ethanol and turn it into sustainable aviation fuel, which, Secretary Vilsack says, the aviation industry certainly wants and needs. At the end of the day, if we're really to uh, mitigate the consequences of a changing climate, 
the transportation sector clearly has to get to a net zero future. In order for it to get to a net zero future, uh, aviation uh, has to get there as well. Uh, and it can't get there without a sustainable aviation fuel. So this is a day to celebrate a very significant step forward. A step forward, he says, not just for the aviation industry, but for farmers who will be supplying the feedstock for what could be a huge and growing demand for ethanol. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report brought to you by Senex Fuels and Loops. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. What I find it interesting, you know, the last caller, for example, seemed to get angry. <laughs> it was, he's angry at us in the discussion of, of, uh, of economics. There's a lot of economic theories out there. When, uh, when uh, we had to got a little loud uh, before the top of the hour with the one caller where finally we agreed, that was the fact that, that he wasn't listening to what we were saying and he was putting words in our mouth that we don't say. And you have not noticed this lately, but 95% of the criticism that we get are things we've never said. Right. Right. And that happened to me in the last 48 hours again. I'm like, I never said that. (laughs) It's like, it's like, how do you defend that? (laughs) Yes, you did. No, I didn't know it. What was, what was the cons, you know, what, what was the context or what did we, what do you think we said? It's like, well, we've never said that. And and so um, the last caller immediately was 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 angry. And I don't know what his petrodollar had to do with what we were discussing, but we never got mm. to that uh, point. But when he said that the the um, by the way, that it does sound like a liberal philosophy when he said uh, a country is like a company. Uh, and it's not. They're no. completely two no. different concepts. The government is not a company. A company exists to make profits. That's their goal. The government exists to protect. The government of the United States exists to protect the people and to uh, provide them uh, with uh, the with laws, with basic things like police departments as you get more to local governments yeah you know police departments to protect you and the reason that police departments aren't private mm-hmm. is because you're dealing with constitutional issues there right when you talk about the government and government uh, uh investments as they call it like mm-hmm. roads right roads are built you know the government may oversee it the federal mm-hmm. government the interstate transportation system for example they may oversee it but it's built by private you know, contractors and subcontractors. They're the ones that actually build it. The government's involved in a lot of those projects because of zoning, zoning, eminent domain. They need to be put into areas. And those, there are things a government can do, like the interstate transportation system, which they need to be involved in that does increase efficiency and productivity, uh, you know, in the long run because it opened up uh, areas. Now, the private sector could do that if you weren't one particular, if you weren't 50 different states, if it was just one state. You know, you talk about here the um, uh, even the 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 private uh, if they ever going to build the private train between Dallas and Houston. 
Where is that at? Right yeah, now? I think that actually is still on is it, on right. course. Yeah. Now that's that's supposed to be private money, but still the government's involved for eminent domain, right? And things like, and zoning or whatever they need to do. So the government's involved in it because you're dealing with then private sector like eminent domain is taking uh, yeah. land property rights property rights yeah right so it's a property rights issue which is why government's involved but government is not a company government needs to make sure that the essential services are are there but much of it is in cooperation electricity for example right I know they'd like to nationalize it. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, sure. And, but the fact is, uh, the private sector's involved in, uh, you know, utilities like natural gas, whatever. Water, not so much. But water, you know, could be. And as yeah. we've seen, for example, even garbage pickup. When I was growing up, garbage was done. I, I remember going to the town of Ta- the the where I grew up, the town of Tonawanda Highway Department. All the garbage trucks would be in there. Mm-hmm. They don't. Have, that's where I grew up. They don't have them anymore. They subcontract that all out. Yep, my town does. Yeah. Has so, been for a while. Right. So it's a service that is, and so does my my town now, too. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a service that the government regulates, but the private sector uh, uh, does it. So, you know, when you talk about things like infrastructure, when you talk about, um, you know, there's cooperation between governments and the the private sector, especially when you're dealing with private property. Yeah, and, and but but it's not a company, right? It's not government. It's government is the cost of doing business. Well, and and that's it. And 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 the caller implying that the spending is like it is with a company. It is. It is. Not. If you have a growing population, you have to spend more. If you have a growing company, you have to spend more. Actually, that's not true. When you go item by item, there are certain items. That you, if they are the essential role of government, that may require higher spending. But his point implies that all of the spending as a group has to be more, and it applies to all of those items. It applies to all those items. A company is spending more in order to get greater profits. Right. That's the only reason they're spending more. They're they're right. buying equipment, inventory. They're buying, well, they're paying for people. Their most important resource. They're 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 doing all of that investment to get it back. The government doesn't do true investment. They call it the left loves to call it investing, and basically, it is like like you said. If you expand a highway system or something like that, then you're accommodating for maybe a population growth in that area, which makes people more productive. Then in the private sector, they're producing more, which means the revenue base for the government is sustaining or growing more. But those are very limited items there, again, in the limited roles of government. The spending overall is nowhere near the same because the motive is different because the government doesn't actually produce anything. Yeah, we we weren't saying that government isn't necessary. Right. And I just, I just, I, I, I get a little bit of a kick out of it when, because he, he was getting angry at us. Yeah. He was furious. Yeah. Well, no, governments and companies are not the same entity. They don't exist for the same reason. And I think most people listening, it's like, well, yeah, they, they, they don't. I mean, they're both necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, the the role of the of the government we want limited, and we believe. 
that a lot of the things, like when you look at it, a lot of the things that are done that are, you know, really important. For example, I, uh, last week, you know, whether, when, when you're in, doesn't matter whether you're in a Democratic town or a Republican town. I'm in, I'm actually in because of, uh, I, I live in a Democrat town. Mm-hmm. And, um, they still have to provide garbage collection. They got, even though they subcontracted, they've got to do it. The water's got to be there. You know, they want, you know, the, they want to make sure, you know, when, remember the, the outcry when cable came along and cable had a monopoly because they do a deal with the local town and people would go crazy at the town mm-hmm. because, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, because of it. Now you're not, you know, with streaming and everything else, that's, you know, changing a lot, but still you got to bury those wires and therefore, you know, that's why we've all got the abatements. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I got a abatement in my backyard. I don't think they're ever going to use it because they do everything in the front yard. But basically, I can't do anything there because that's for the the utilities. So both are necessary. It you know their roles and what their responsibility and obligations and their authority over the public is always being challenged. Uh, you know, by the people mo- more on the local level. The reason that we don't want the federal government controlling so much is they're so far away from the people. They're not right. likely. And you see, they don't really respond to what the American public wants. Right. Most towns have to respond to what the locals want. I you, you call my uh, my city hall, I probably call them, I don't know, a few times a year at least on certain things. And and. Whether I'm suggesting something or asking a question about something, that access locally is key because it gets things done. Having that done and managed at that local level gives us that access and also holds their feet to the fire to make sure that those things are going to be done. But, you know, getting back to the caller, the the purpose for a business and its spending is completely different, and you leave out the biggest part of the equation, and that is the government produces nothing. Nothing. It takes revenue from the private sector to, well, the original design was to facilitate the essential roles, and we believe it should be limited roles of government, but it doesn't produce anything. It can move money around. It doesn't produce anything. Right. And there is not a profit motive there. The, the production of the dollars that government may spend come from the profits of private companies. And that's why when we will never forget it, because uh, you know, for us, it was a big deal when Obama said, you know, you didn't build that. You didn't build the road. You know, well, of course you did. Yeah. Right. Like as if the private sector had nothing to do with it. Right. It's like, well, number one, number one, the private sector built those things because government really doesn't run construction companies except maybe for the army corps of engineers mm-hmm. who probably uses a ton of subcontractors also mm-hmm. and 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 so you know you you look at it and and you um uh and as we said we could say he's completely clueless cuz every dollar that the government spends comes from the profits or hopefully democrats hope from the wealth of the rich yeah, right. And, uh, and, and you know, and that's it. Um, Obama, you didn't build that because, yeah. because the government had to build the roads and bridges. The government didn't build. Actually, we built that, too, Mr. Obama. 
because the private sector revenue and profits created revenue to the government in the form of taxes. Those taxes funded, facilitated the building and maintenance of those roads and bridges. So he had it backwards. And that's the way the left thinks. Hey, you can't do anything without the government. That's quite the opposite of Ronald Reagan. And things that he pointed out were true. Government's not the solution. Well, as we see now, I mean, we're to the point, and I think the public is recognizing it with the Biden administration, that you're paying your taxpayer dollars not to improve your life. Because we've talked about what the role of government should be. And we talk about, okay, but how far should they go? What authority do they have, you know, over you? You know, what should they, what do most people want from government? Well, they right. want them, do they want government to protect you and defend you? And what we see in this, this government is they're doing the exact opposite of why government exists. Yeah. Because they're making your life harder in every way. And as we went through earlier in the show, if you want to listen to it, we went through everything from Governor Abbott, if you want to go to our podcast when it comes out here in a little bit, the first hour we talked about, you know, the uh, the statement that Governor Abbott put out. It's federal government's role to protect states. Yeah. It's federal government's role to protect from invasion. And he's right. talking about the cartels and the fentanyl coming in because uh, because of it. And here you have an administration that is taking your taxpayer dollars and doing everything to make your life more dangerous and harder. And more expensive. Right. And it's the exact opposite. So the left has figured out a way to take the role of government in a completely opposite way of what it was originally intended to do. Right. And that's that's something they have preached about over the years. Quite the opposite of JFK. Ask for the left today, it's ask what the government should be doing for you. And that's they, that's what they believe the role is. But then beyond that, and it's gone much further than that, it's not just handouts and benefits. It's damage. Yeah. Creating the damage. You're paying taxpayer dollars to create damage in your own communities. And that's not happening. By the way, that's not happening for the most part in lo- in some of the big cities it is. Mm-hmm. With the sanctuary city policies. Oh, yeah. But in most places, people won't stand for it. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. And one more thing to the caller that said, you know, companies and government are like the same thing. And it's like, well, no, they're not. They're not even close to being the same thing. Is even, especially local governments, realize this ways back. You know, a lot of, you know, back then, you used to have a huge public works department in a lot of cities oh, yeah. and towns. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot smaller now because what they found out is we can't be a company. Companies can do it more efficiently than we can. Yep. We're spent, and more productive, it, and it the, was cheaper for the taxpayer, right? And the taxpayers demanding that services are done not only uh, more efficiently but cheaper, and yes. so that was actually an acknowledgement, especially from local governments that are closer to the people, and and the wrath of 
of of the the uh, the, the taxpayer to see that evolution, especially since I think about when I grew up in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, and you know now you look at it, and so much is done by you know private contractors right. that are done. Not yeah. everything, especially right. like water departments. It'd be interesting to find out why. I guess because the infrastructure is different there than even like electricity and natural yeah gas. there's but natural gas is still but it's it's also i think also about safety the water treatment plants and and everything else and the delivery of the water and i'm guessing a lot of that is you know there has to be so much oversight in that process but there's probably a lot of subcontractors in that business now too compared to what there might have been i'm guessing or, yeah. or contractors or yeah. whatever yeah probably so yeah This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.